With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Showtime. Blog Talk Radio. All right. Sunday night, late night radio. What fun. Woke up this morning looking for my shoes, look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Know, 
Uh, everybody was expecting Jim and I Burke to be on the show. Uh, he did just message me not too long ago, and he let me know that he's not feeling well. Uh, he is in the bed, and he's throwing up, so we're going to reschedule this show. And, you know, for anybody that has been following Jim and I Burke, everybody knows He's been through a lot of hardship. He was in the hot spot of Okay, he was in the hot spot of uh, the whole Russia attacking Ukraine, and I think it's so romantic. I mean, this if if there is a love story to ever be told, it would be this. He did not leave the Ukraine. He could have gone back to the U.S. He's married now, and Jim and I, he's done the uh, 732. I'm going to be with you in just a second. I know who that is, too, Edward. Uh, He's been in the Ukraine, um, Russia attacked, and he didn't want to leave his wife and family behind, so he stayed. But he is home now. He is home. We've we've given Jim and I Burke uh, updates throughout the time. You know, he sent me maps through his messengers. This is where I'm at now. He sent us videos. It's made the news here in America. He is safe and safe and sound at home right now. So um, we're 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 really pleased. We're we're really. That's kind of a tongue twister. Actually, it's kind of more like a tongue folder. We're really pleased about that. And he's not feeling well tonight, so he he messaged me, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm throwing up in the bed. I'm really sick right now. I, I can't do the show. And you know what? <laughs> throwing up, I I totally understand that. So we'll we'll get him back on, and we'll talk about his great adventures. So tonight we're winging it. The after show. Yay! Yay! It's an after show. There you go, Tom. It's an after show. All right, uh, I got a couple of announcements to make uh, before we go on. And Jim and I, we love you. Uh, we'll always love you. You know, if, if you got, if, if you're throwing up, you know, don't call in. I've done shows where I've thrown up on the shows and, you know, David Madison, and he's like, I can't, I can't understand why nothing's going wrong on this show. Francie, Francie, where are you? Sorry, I was throwing up. Ah, there it goes. (laughs) So totally understandable, Jim and I. Get well soon. We love you. And we're so happy that we're going to get a chance to talk to you. So we will totally reschedule you ASAP. And I do have a caller on hold right now. And I do know that that's Edward X. Young. And he's got a lot to say because we love Edward. And I know he watched the Oscars tonight, and we just found out about that. So, yes, we do want to talk about that. Uh, 
Nicholas Grabowski, you're on. Um, also, well. I, I do want to make a couple of announcements. Um, um, oh, man, my calendar. i got to get my calendar out. Okay, so uh, April the 10th. I know you guys are going to be happy about this one. Chuck Chapman is going oh, to yeah. be with us. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are like the Kool-Aid guys. Whenever I say Chuck Chapman, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. I was waiting. Oh, I was, yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm going to book Aaron D. Johnston again. And I'm going to curse him for that damn awesome sauce. You do know that Aaron D. Johnston, like, messages me photos as he's traveling the states of awesome sauce. That is well, hey, it's the gift that keeps on giving. That is the gift that keeps kicking your ass is what that is. Uh-huh. Like, okay, so, but speaking of Aaron D. Johnston, he is giving gifts out right now. Uh, he is uh, Honest Amish. Honest Amish, I got to tell you, it is the best soap. It is the best hand sanitizer. Oh, my gosh. I love that hand salve because my skin gets dry all the time, and I use that hand salve, especially after I do the dishes. That hand salve is awesome. Crap. It does make sense. It does make sense. It's like, awesome sauce. Now, Aaron D. Johnson with us. Honest Amish, man, these products are amazing. It is amazing. In fact, uh, Nick and TJ, we got him here, and I told him all about the products, and he smelled the soap, and he's like, that smells really good. And he, so, yeah, Honest Amish, go to HonestAmish.com. They got the best hand soap, the best body soap, best beard soap. Everything, the hand salve, which I wear, which I use constantly. And if you uh, mention Talking Beard, you will get 15% off of your order. So please go to HonestAmish.com. It's made in the USA and is all natural, which, by the way, Edward X. Young is growing this beard, which I keep saying, shave the beard. We won't change the beard. We're going to bring him on in just a second. Edward, don't hang up. So there you go. Honest Amish, all the best body care that you, your heart desires. It's, it's fantastic stuff. Love it. It's all natural. All right. Any other announcements? Let's see. I gave it to the asshole. Huh? I mean, here they said that that Chris Rock joked that said uh, Jada should uh, be uh, the, the sequel for GI Jane, the sequel because she got it, her because of her shaved head or whatever. And somebody said she's got a hair uh, condition for because of her hair falls out or whatever. So it's like, geez, you know, maybe Chris Rock didn't know it. He was just it's not that big a deal, but yeah. Oh. But he went up there and. He went up there and punched Chris Rock out for that. 
Wow. Apparently so. Yeah. Wow. That's a really interesting announcement for the night. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You guys, are we ready to bring on the man, the myth, the legend? Because I know yep. he was watching the Oscars. Let's do and, it. Uh, we, we love and having said, him on. And he said, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth is what he said. So. Yeah. Hello, hello, wow. hello there. Are you, are, are you there? Can you hear me? I am. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is Edward X. Young. The Oscars Ed. aren't over. They aren't over. They just they, they just gave over. the award to Will Smith. I want to see if he's going to apologize for punching Chris Rock in the face. Oh, wait. We're going to hear it live. Him. We're going to hear it live. Let's see what happens. Let me tell, let me tell you. Uh, I can tell you stories. Will Smith is a total fucking asshole. He really is. I believe it. He's, like a, a, he's an absolute narcissistic, solipsistic egomaniac. And and Chris Rock simply made a joke about the fact that Jada has a like a uh, marine cut haircut. She like yeah. and he and he goes up there and he punches him in the face for making a joke about his wife. The guy's a fucking douchebag. But they but they kneel before him and they give him the Oscar. Yeah. It's all because of him and his fucking wife. It's all because of him and his wife that the Oscars have gone woke because they launched a protest in twenty sixteen because he didn't win an Oscar, and and she said it's because they're racist that they didn't give my husband the Oscar, and and, and their protest worked because the Oscars went totally woke. It's a disgusting oh, wow. show. I watched it out of morbid yeah. curiosity, like one might, like one, like in the old days, one might go to a sideshow down south and and pay a, a quarter to see a geek bite a chicken's head off. You oh, know yeah. what? I hate, I'm telling I hate you, to this, say this, it. This, the last this, time this, I watched this, the Oscars was when Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction was out. Because David Letterman this, hosted the Oscars. It, it, here's this douchebag, Will Smith, talking about how he wants to be a vessel for love after he went on stage and punched Chris Rock in the face. Wow. And something else is going on because the Oscars are bleeping out the broadcast again. Oh, wow. Uh, I, th- I think maybe Chris Rock is doing something. But here maybe he's talking Chris about Rock spreading is repaying the favor. Let me, let me, I, I could, if, I, if I wasn't watching, I could tell you some stories about Will Smith. I've heard some people that have worked with him. He really is a dickwad, or a total dickwad. I've heard, I heard that. stories. I just... Heard he was kind of he's self-centered he's a, and didn't want anything to do with anybody that couldn't help him. Yeah, I hear he is weeping. I mean, here he is. The, guy, the guy's worth like like uh, twenty billion dollars. He's weeping, and it's a historic moment. A historic moment that that I win an Oscar. You know, like oh, fuck you, man. Yeah. These, these awards are so pointless and meaningless. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something you. It's like a trophy, you know. But, but, but also, they've changed, they've, changed, they've changed the rules now, where all of the awards, the nominees and the winners, have to reflect a spectrum of equity, diversity, and inclusion. What? If, if your if your movie if your if your movie doesn't have representation of all these like uh, oppressed groups. You you can't like like I said my dinner with Andre couldn't be made today because it's just two white guys having dinner. 
Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. If you never saw my dinner with Andre. But here's Will Smith like here's Will Smith literally masturbating on stage, talking about how it's a great moment in history that he won a fucking gold statue for making a movie. Well, I blame uh, what's his name? What's his nuts? The tiny director Spike Lee there for acting like yeah. a jackass at the last. One but for whatever, some reason, but... while he was giving the speech, they cut the visuals again, so something happened. Wow. It's... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah they really just got this, this scumbag ought to apologize for punching Chris Rock in the face. Because it wasn't yeah. a bad joke. It wasn't but he's not apologizing. He ought to say, like, I lost my temper. If he was a man, and he isn't a man, if he was a man, he'd say, like, I lost my temper. Hey, Chris, you know, I'm sorry I punched you in the face. Yeah, exactly. But he isn't. He didn't mention it. He just talked about a great moment in history it is that he won his fucking Oscar finally. How, how this is, is a nausea. Ooh, what, what? That's no, I mean, no, no, this is a, I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know, I wish, you know. The in history was when Robin Williams finally won an Oscar, in my opinion. Poor, 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 poor Robin oh. Williams. Uh, yeah. I, I, I loved his work, but I got to admit, I don't know if any of the people feel this way. I have a tough time watching any of his movies now, especially his comedies. Like, I watch his dramas or his thrillers, but if I see his comedies, it makes me sad. I can't laugh because I think, wow, I mean, this poor guy was yeah, suffering. No. And, yeah. And, you know, I, I have a very hard time watching his great comedies now. I'm hoping Chris yeah, Rock's you know, uh, what Eddie, is, yeah, the, commer- uh, the commercial's what on. The commercials, I'll tell you a Will Smith story very quickly that I got from people in Hollywood. On the set of Wild Wild West, um, uh, who's this co-star? Uh, uh, what's Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein. He and Kevin Klein were doing a scene, and Kevin Klein in the script. He yeah, they were shooting it, but I, I forget what scene it was. But Kevin Klein delivered a punchline to a joke, and he delivered it so well that they had to call cut because everybody on set was laughing their asses off, even Will Smith. They were all laughing. It was really funny. And and when they when the laughing like died down and Will Smith was the last guy still laughing, he turned to Kevin and he goes, like, Wow, I didn't realize how funny that line was and and he goes, He goes, You really delivered that great and Kevin said, Yeah, thanks. He goes, Well, you know, now it's my line. We're reshooting it. Wow. Damn. Wow. And they said that, you know, Klein had to just take it because Smith was the producer as well. And this is the way he runs things. It's like, I am God, and uh, you are just worthless. And I, I'm I'm Will fucking Smith. Like right now, giving oh, a speech. Oh, 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 we, giving a speech. Seven fucking Klein. Yeah, and also he's a fucking yeah, Scientologist. He's also a fucking Scientologist, too. So uh, what, I, I hardly need to comment on these occultists. These are Satan-worshipping cultists, as most of Hollywood is anyhow. I th- I think if you re- ever read the Bible, the Old Testament, you remember when 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 Lot, Lot when uh, uh yeah Lot is asking uh, Lot's asking Lord if uh, you know if Sodom could be spared, and he goes if there's if there's ten righteous people in all of Sodom and Gomorrah, will you spare the city? And the Lord says yes. If there are at least ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, then I won't destroy the cities. 
but uh, they weren't. I, mean, I think maybe the only reason Hollywood hasn't been blown off the face of the earth and had an asteroid crash into it is probably you think, well, there's Clint Eastwood and there's Stallone and there's uh, P.J. Souls and uh, there's maybe a little more than ten and James Woods, Christie Alley. There's maybe a little more than ten decent people in Hollywood. Good patriotic oh, American. So yeah. that's what I wish he was with Brian Cox. And he turned all that weight into gold. She yeah, I wish she wasn't a Scientologist because I like her in so much. I like her in so many ways. I wish she wasn't a Scientologist. Who knows to what degree she still follows that? Yeah. Because I'm a, I, I really, I've always liked her work. She's always been great. She's yeah, oh, yeah. so funny. Hmm. She's so also, funny. But, but, I mean, like it, it, she's like bitches in a funny way. But she's a very patriotic American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love, oh, you, okay, uh, William, Tom, yeah. Kirstie yeah. Alley on the list, bet we can get her. Oh. Well, oh, all right, for it. Well, they're still going on, they still have about like a handful of awards to give out, this is bizarre, they, well, not bizarre, they went overtime as usual. Kiss, like 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 in a circle jerk, like jacking each other off, like about how woke they are. Now, and yeah, you talk, you're, you're talking about. I, I hope you get. Uh, I, I, I hope you get Gemini on next week. I hope he'll be yeah, well. I mean, yeah, uh, is, he, he he just messaged me, and yeah, he is sick in the bed, and. You know, when when he said yes, and I was like, I'm going to keep this a secret. Nick, we got a big guest on next week, but I'm not going to tell you who. And I called William and Tom. I was like, we're going to have a big guest on next week, but I'm not going to say who. You guys got to wait till the show to figure out who it is. And, yeah, he, he let me know. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm throwing up in the bed right now. Uh, I've been bedridden and I'm throwing up. I'm so sorry. I cannot make it. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll get him back. But I'll tell you, you, you the, the, the love story of you and Nick is great too, because obviously you <laughs> two will stay together until you can both escape the uh, the uh, di- the communist dictatorship of California together, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we can always hope. The gas, and I just I just started my job, and I'm way across town, and the gas. How how, how do you, how do the two of you stand it? I mean I mean look, California has gone, it's just it's it's gone insane. It it it's mm. insane. You, you know you know how I stand it. I, I, yeah. I've been listening. Uh, is I stay at home. <laughs> there we go. But I've been in California yeah. all my life. I've never lived anywhere else. And throughout my whole life, I've been like, you know, when Schwarzenegger was running for governor and even after when he became governor and stuff, he kept saying, I love California. I, I And whenever I, like, 
um, talk to friends that don't live here about California. I say there's just about everything under the sun in California. Everything in the globe is right here. That's, you could go see There's the hottest, one of the hottest deserts Carolina. in the world, Death Valley. Though we're right next to Las Vegas. We've got Hollywood with all the movie stuff. We got Disneyland. We got all the, you know, and and uh, we got beaches and we've got um, we've got great. Redwood forests and and uh, metropolises and and then small towns and a lot of farming and we, there's just everything about every other state you can find in California. So I've been adamant about it. But these later times, so I'm just yeah scratching my head, um, watching the YouTube videos about how everybody's getting out of California, and and with. Some of the, the the economy, the way that it is and stuff, it's really frustrating, and uh, it's frustrating how it's all run by uh, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> but I'm going to refrain from politics, and um, uh, you know, just um, but I'm still the the way that I've coped with it the last, especially the last like few years, is just stay at home, just work on my stuff and concentrate on what I'm doing, and just not fret too much about the world around me. And plus property, um, well, property taxes are going up in themselves, but also the value of homes have been going up too. So, you know, there's there's good and there's bad. Uh, God, God, you know, God bless me. If I had like a kid that was still in school, I would probably keep him home, her or her, because of all the crap that I hear going on on in the school systems just right practically down the street too so i mean but um now and and even going to the market and stuff i just kind of stay at home and just yeah, i'm in my own bubble yeah uh, he's in his bubble and i'm the one we went off today and it's kind of like one in my cranberry sauce no I, I, got, I will admit i mean look I had okay, to pull back my cranberry oh, sauce because we couldn't pay the we couldn't pay it. It's like crap, and it's like, uh, can we take away the cranberry sauce? And I'm like, ah, that's all I wanted was the cranberry. But we had to take it off the bill, and we had a gift certificate, and we couldn't, you know, we couldn't pay. Cards were declined, so it's like. Take this back, take this back. That's that's how it is in California now. You know, you I think prices like are increasing gas. everywhere though in all states and they are increasing everywhere. Kind of like a a national thing, not just a California thing. I can't believe when I went to the store for the first time all month with Francie and the like the just the chicken drumsticks in the meat department. Uh, that y- you could usually get for like four dollars for this like huge family pack of them. It's like eighteen freaking dollars now. Mm-hmm. And it's like amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah price up all over. It just seems like it's magnified you, there. You know what was? You know what was bad is that the New York steak was cheaper than the chicken drumsticks. Yeah. And I wanted to surprise uh, Nick and TJ, which is uh, Nick's son. I was like, okay, I'm. They're not gonna think that we're really gonna have anything for dinner, but I'm gonna surprise them because I got this. I got this little bit of money. 
So I'm going to buy these New York steaks because the chicken drumsticks are way too expensive. And it turned out yeah. that that was a mistake, too. It's kind of like eat or live. What do you want to do? Yeah, we have to kind of really be on a budget and stuff. But on the other hand, though, at the store today, too, we uh, we were we hung out in the meat department long enough for them to, like, wheel out this big tray full of discounted stuff. So we got, like, two whole chickens for, like, $2.50 each. And then we got, well, we did, well, we, we you know, chicken drumsticks. We got a, a thing of a big family pack of drumsticks in size for, like, two freaking dollars. So you just have to it's kind of like what it used to be, too. At least for me, I love, like, uh, uh, looking for discounted stuff and, and then bringing it home and going, look what I got this for. And, oh, in the days of the coupons, especially when some of them, some of the markets would, like, double their coupons. You don't see that anymore. But, yeah, no, you you're like, look, look what I got for yeah. this price. <laughs> Good morning, Nicole Turner. I love you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah. I'm listening to a I mean, it's almost over. Uh, I'm listening to a speech now. Uh, what, what's her name? Jessica Chastain to the eyes of Tammy Faye, just one best actress. But I wonder what happened when Will Smith was giving his speech and they ceased to broadcast again for about 20 seconds. And then they made some joke about how, wow, the atmosphere in this place sure has changed. I wonder if Chris Rock ran up there and tried to slap him or something. Got to find out. Oh, what I was thinking about as soon as I heard about that was, oh, what about the after party? When Chris Rock was doing his speech, he made the joke about, when Chris Rock was doing his, his joke, his monologue, he made the joke about Will Smith's wife, and then the screen froze. And it was frozen for like a minute, and then when it came back on, here he was rubbing his face and going, well, I guess that, that's one of the great moments in television history. Uh, and it was like, what the hell happened over the past minute? And we found out he punched him in the face and, and screamed, you leave my fucking wife out of your fucking jokes, asshole. That's what he yelled. And then he's giving a speech about peace and love and how he's all about love, and he's, he's made history and he's like helping the what? black people by winning this award. Like 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 Will Smith wins an Oscar. That's gonna help the black people in uh, Baltimore. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, but then they froze the screen again and they made some joke about the the. Oh what what the, what the hell is she what the hell is she what the hell is she she's getting political she's getting political. But she's getting political. Right, Hold it. Uh oh. There we go. <laughs> oh. oh wow! Wow. Nevertheless, sorry, I'm trying to talk to you and watch the end of this. This award. Uh, yeah, I already already got 40 minutes. It's gone 40 minutes too late. It's gone 40 minutes too late. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing their edited version. Yeah, I get tired of being hit by hypocrites. But something happened when Will Smith was delivering his his, uh, his uh, speech about history and how he's a historic figure. Because the screen froze again, and when they cut back, one of the hosts made a joke about that. Sure, that sure changes. Yeah. 
I mean, a joke, but that child sure changes the atmosphere in here. So something else happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. I bet you Chris Rock retaliated in the middle of that speech or something. Yeah, no. I, I can't imagine Chris Rock letting that go. Oh, here we go. No. Will Smith punches Chris Tucker unmuted. Chris Rock. Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. Chris Rock, not, not Chris, Chris Tucker. Tucker. Oh, they're keep saying Chris Tucker. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, it wasn't Chris Tucker. It was Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah. They're just getting everybody mixed up, that's all. Yeah. Wow, dude. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't even that bad of a joke. Okay. Oh, no, they got Liza Minnelli in a wheelchair. Liza Minnelli in a wheelchair? What did Will Smith do to her? They bring her out to a nice picture. I didn't realize she was crippled. So we are here. To, uh, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, Ga- they said Lady Gaga will come with a special guest. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe she's to give the, maybe she's too drunk to read it. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. They said Lady Gaga had a special guest. I guess they weren't sure if she'd make it, but Lady Gaga just wheeled Liza Benelli out, and she's shaking. Looks like she's in Parkinson's. She's oh, okay. shaking a lot. It's sad. Yeah. Well, Man, I, 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 my I, last Oscars, dude, it, 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 it was like David Letterman's dog on everybody. Even when Quentin Tarantino was like, okay, so I won the Oscar, I got to pee now. And David Letterman was like, I had to pee since the show started. You don't hear me bitching. What's really crazy with the Oscars now, too, so they can have their inclusion and diversity and still nominate the big money-making films, they now have 10 fucking nominees for Best Picture. What? Are you serious? Well, that's, that's why, that's why, yes, yeah. that's why, that's because that they still want to nominate the big movies, but they got to be sure to have the diversity, the diversity and the equity and the inclusion. Oh. And also, I don't get it. They they still have an inter. They used to call it the Foreign Language Award. Now they call it the International Film Award. But uh, like a, a half of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture are not in English. They're in Spanish or they're in Japanese. It's like they've gone crazy with their wealthness. Uh, but I mean, that's why it took so long. They showed clips from ten different fucking movies. Oh wow! I feel so bad. I had wondered what had happened to Liza Minnelli over the years. I didn't realize she was very ill. I mean, she's right. reading the Best Picture nominees or the winner. Oh. Well, I was uh, I was uh, scrolling through uh, some of the news headlines earlier. And yeah. You know, it's very interesting to see that um, you know they, they mentioned that the actor from uh, Coda took one of the awards, yeah. and they were applauding yeah. him for being a deaf person. Yeah. And what, part part of the article was like, this is the first time that this has happened. And I'll admit, in the back of my head, I was thinking, wait a minute. Uh, I know we're all of a certain age, but what you know, what about Marley Maitland and uh, her role in Children of a Lesser God? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, no, and I remember not. that very well because I, I act I acted 
in a repertory uh, touring version of Children of the Lesser God. I played the deaf teacher. I had a real deaf actress, too. I had to learn ASL. I used to know it pretty well, but I've forgotten it now because I haven't done it in like, you know, in, in like 30 years. But uh, I feel very bad that William Hurt died because there was a time when we looked William Hurt died. Yes. He's in yeah, the, I told like, you that the other day, Nick. Like, like, like last Yesterday. week he died. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. But, uh, wow. but he's nine years older than me, but there was a time when for about a good decade we looked exactly alike. When, when he hit the scene in Body Heat, I think that was uh, 82 or 83. I was like 23 years old, and he was like 32. But everybody was saying, you got to see this Body Heat movie because the lead actor looks just like you. Exactly, he sounds like you. And, and I always wanted to meet him face-to-face because for, for a good 10 years we were done. When I was acting in theater in the 80s and 90s, I got a lot of roles in plays that William Hurt had done because I looked like him. I got the lead role in Children of a Lesser God because the director said, you look just like William Hurt. Then I was in Hurley Burley for the same reason, because he did that play on Broadway. He wasn't in the movie version. But uh, but anyhow, I always wanted to meet William Hurt and, and say, hey, uh, you know, we can be brothers. Very sad. He was only 71 years old. Died of prostate cancer. I guess he, uh, I guess he wasn't getting his checkups. Wow, he was uh, yeah. active. Um all of his uh, professional life uh, up until he died. He was in Marvel movies, uh, the Marvel movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, he wasn't, wow. but he wasn't just a film actor. I'd seen him on Broadway a few times. He was a great stage actor, too. I always helped I'd meet him face-to-face, be able to comment, hey, you, you think we look alike? Uh, could, could we play brothers or something? I, I feel kind of, It makes me feel old because for the past, Forty years, people have been telling me uh, you look kind of look like William Hurt. Although uh, it's interesting, it's sad. I mean, well, actually, well, first that the first part isn't sad, but he went bald and I didn't. So that's that's kind of like we started looking a little different when he lost his hair and I didn't. But then in recent years, I thought, wow, this I didn't realize he had cancer. I thought this guy's aging really badly. I hope I don't age like that. But then I discovered he was fighting cancer for about five years. And uh, and I guess the chemo and everything kicks the shit out of you. Well, I know yeah. it does. Yeah. Members of my family, yeah. It does. I know from experience. Yeah. If I didn't have prostate, I, 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 got a, I got a new job. I got a new job now. Um, I'm I'm a service writer again, and uh, man, I heard the worst story ever in history and the woman was so stressed out she's like look okay here's my situation i just beat cancer i'm done with cancer and everything else and now my husband has cancer he's got it really bad and she's like showing me her chest plate and she's like you know i i lost you know, you know what? She had breast cancer, and she lost it with both of them. And she's like, "I finally got rid of cancer. Now my husband's got cancer. Can you please just smog my car?" The car failed, and she's got to keep driving him to his chemotherapy. And I'm just like, "Dude, I ah." Thank you. 
Yeah, it, it's a terrible thing. Oh, yeah. I don't even know why I even said that. But, yeah, I had a customer, and, you know, I had to deliver her bad news. So, yeah, it's, you know, and we're, we're not billionaires. You know, this woman's got to deal with that. And for somebody to punch somebody in the face and they got billions of dollars, come on. Well, Chris Rock might get millions of free. Yeah, I, I, you know, really, I mean, he can see yeah, the word out of him. That's right. I mean, and it was on camera worldwide. Yeah. There's absolute proof that he physically mm-hmm. attacked him unprovoked. Chris Rock could get millions from this. Oh, yeah. Will yeah. Smith jumped on stage, walked up, and punched me in the face because I made a, a joke about his wife's haircut, her buzz cut that she decided to get. And it wasn't even like a dirty joke. He simply said that she was, uh, his joke was that she was auditioning for the remake of G.I. Jane. Yeah. And it was really, a, it was a harmless joke. He didn't say she looks yeah. like a skinhead or something, or she looks like Curly oh. from the Three Stooges. He said it looks like uh, uh, Will Smith's got his Oscar and his wife is auditioning, Jada's auditioning for with her haircut for a remake of G.I. Jane. And that was enough to make fucking Will Douchebag Smith go and punch Chris Rock in the face. Wow. Barely I, so. hope, he su- I hope he sues the shit out of him. Oh, you know he will. He's gonna be like, "Yeah, I own you." <laughs> Let me tell you, I think a lot of people we hear yeah. about or we see. I mean, they've got good, they've got good PR people, and and they they portrayed Will Smith as this uh, noble, heroic, majestic figure. Well, I've been hearing for years, friends of mine who are in Hollywood, that working with him on one of his films is absolute hell. He's a tyrant. He's an asshole. And uh, I'll tell you, you who else is a know- total asshole. Tom Hanks. Eminem. Tom Hanks is a total. Tom what? Hanks is a total fucking asshole. Yes. He's Mr. Rogers. Right? No, we nope. know he's not. He's he's really a he's really a horrible person, a horrible egomaniacal uh, person. You and, know though, uh, Eminem he's called a, he's it. A Hollywood, he's beginning. a Hollywood. He's a Hollywood creep. He's a and he, and he like you know. He's lucky. He's lucky. He hasn't been nailed for sexual harassment too, from what I've heard. He's not wow. a nice guy at all. He just has been portrayed as a nice guy. Oh wow! Well, that's a bummer. But I heard, I heard he's nasty, demanding, insulting. Uh, he, he talks down to you. I've heard it from a lot of people that you know, like, well, they sure have made him look like he's the new Jimmy Stewart, who was a nice guy. They made him look like he's the new Jimmy Stewart, but but in reality, he's he's a real jerk. <laughs> no, he's Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Mr. Rogers was a great guy, though. Yeah, you thought that, that, that was about Keanu Reeves Reeves being a nice guy. You know, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Mr. Rogers, this is a this is a little this is a very little known fact about the movie business. If it wasn't for Mr. Rogers, there would we would never have had Night of the Living Dead. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Really? Because. Yeah. Now, now, they, now, they, now, now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story because I know all the Night of the Living Dead people who are still alive. I knew a lot of the ones that died, sadly. Uh, but, uh, but I, I was told straight, straight up by uh, by John Russo, the screenwriter of Night of the Living Dead. I mean, 
that you know nowadays everybody's got video cameras and and and, and news and TV is done on video and film. Film oh, nobody even uses film anymore. I mean, film was still some film was still being used for motion pictures, but nobody uses film. But back in the '60s, there was no such thing as portable video cassette recorders and portable video cameras. Although they were like videotape, videotape was like two inches thick, and you needed a big machine to operate it. You could only do it in a studio. So uh, news broadcasts and then a lot of TV shows were shot on film, and then they were quickly developed and put the, like the news. They would have the news was mainly, and uh, they would bring like handheld filmo cameras, and they would shoot the 16 millimeter footage in a news event, like a speech or a fire, and then they would rush to the lab and develop it really fast and and get it over to the news station. Uh, and usually it was black and white because you could develop black and white a lot faster. Color takes a long time to develop. So it, this is in the 60s. So they'd rush the footage over and they'd develop it quickly in time for the night nightly news. Uh, and uh, and if you and in Pittsburgh, uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood was shot in Pittsburgh. And and he had a film studio on the premises. I mean, they filmed developing lab. I mean, Mr. Rogers had quite a setup there, and he had the only game in town. And and the the the, the group that made Night of the Living Dead, the the late the uh, the uh, Laurel group, the Image Ten group, as they were called, mm-hmm. they they were all young people working for Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And when they weren't directly working for Mr. Rogers, they were shooting like TV commercials for local businesses. But they wanted to make this feature film, and uh, Fred Rogers he allowed them to use his studios. He, he oh, respected wow. the fact that they were that they were young wannabe filmmakers. They had a dream, and and he had the only studio and the only editing equipment that, in town. They they couldn't go to Los Angeles and New York. They were in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is even about four hundred miles or more away from New York. So Fred said, "Well, you know, you you can use the studio to make your movie." And then he You're helped. Him, and, he helped and, and he helped him get footage too, because a lot of the film stock they were using. Uh, they came especially from the news crews because the news crews would have a big reel of film in their camera and they might shoot the speech that the politicians giving, or they might shoot the fire or the accident or whatever happened. Uh, and then, and then that's all they needed to take that and develop it for the nightly news. And they would chuck the tail end of the reel. that wasn't shot. It was undeveloped and unshot still in the canister. And, and I think they called them tail ends or trails and uh, Night of the Living Dead crew, they, they lived off of that. They said, any footage left in their reel? Yeah, there's maybe like uh, 10 minutes. We'll take it. And and they so they, they made the movie with like pieces of of film. And it was black and white because they couldn't afford color. And the news is bit But Fred Rogers encouraged them to make their movie, even though he had this oh, wonderful children's so show. But even though he, he had a wonderful children's show, he knew that they were making a violent horror film, but he knew they had a dream and they were young filmmakers. And he said, "Sure, you you can you can use the labs. Sure, you can." Aww. So, uh, the Night of the Living Dead was produced uh, through, I think, uncredited, through Fred Rogers Studios. <laughs> yep. That is wow. so awesome. Oh, oh, they just they just showed it in the news. They just showed it in the news. Uh, yeah, Will Smith just would have just punched. Chris Rock right in the face. 
Wow. Chris Rock is, well, let's face it, Chris Rock is already rich, but Chris Rock is about to get richer. I yeah. I, I hope he sues us. She, you can't, I mean, sticks and stones may break your bones. And, and you know, it's typical. And, you know, what's really, what really is this where Will Smith is a total fucking cock-sucking asshole. I mean, the the hosts of the Oscars or award shows, and you, you said the last thing you watched was Letterman. They typically point out all these big fucking celebrities in the audience and make some jokes yeah. about them. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's like going to a roast, you know. But Will Smith's attitude, Will Smith's attitude is that I am the fucking emperor of fucking Hollywood. I am the living god of Hollywood. See, you don't make jokes about me or my family. Because I, I'm like just the greatest being that ever lived. I'm, I'm Caligula, and so and like I said, the joke was so mild. Looks like Jada Smith is going to be ready to audition for a remake of GI Jane. That that warrants yeah, getting punched in the face. Joke. What a scumbag! Okay, I I will go well, ahead. The scumbag and has his Oscar. Wasn't his oldest son like already a laughing stock on Twitter? Like yeah, I, I don't I don't know, but I also hated him when he. He made that stu- he, he made that stupid science fiction movie and tried to make it a home a family home movie project and expected the world to love it where he just cast his whole both of his kids in it and his whole family is in it and it was that what oh, was yeah. that called that was a yeah. terrible terrible after terribly Earth. after yeah. Earth boy did that did that yeah, sucks you and know that's like considered like if you go to watch Mojo and they say the worst. Movie moments yeah. is uh, Jaden Smith. What are you going on? What are you going on? And then I tell you, they, the they, they, kids. It's like, hello. Yeah, they, they, they make fun of Ed Wood, but Ed Wood's movies were entertaining. You know, that, yeah. that, that After Earth, that after Earth I, I, I didn't pay for it in the theater because I already knew what an asshole he was, but I, tr- I tried to watch it once on cable, and I was like, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't keep this thing on. I can't. No. I can't take one. This is dreadful. Yeah. Yes. You know, I don't, I don't know. I can't. I, I can't even tell which is worse. I mean, that or Ishtar. <laughs> so. uh, after Earth is After Earth is worse. <laughs> yeah. And, Good point. And remember during the uh, Grammys when. Um, uh, Oh, what's her name? The American sweetheart. I'm not a kid anymore. She introduced the torque with uh, Robin Leach's son, and it killed his career. Oh, and it killed the yeah. Smith. And that's other than the fact that that was such a horrible f- performance. They were like making fun of the Will Smith and his family, like <gasps> doing all those dramatic facial expressions and they said oh yeah they just want it on camera well I, well I hate I hate Will Smith because I personally hate him because uh, he destroyed he destroyed my cinematically destroyed my favorite science fiction horror novel and, and, and really like broke the heart of Richard Matheson I'm referring to I Am Legend I Am Legend I will say it. I will say in my defense, I sold a lot of bootleg copies of that movie. Well, good. You made some money off of it. But I mean, 
I'm just be careful. If Will, oh, if Will Smith if Will Smith yeah. hears this broadcast, he might say, you bootlegged my fucking movie and sold exactly how many copies. And then, he'll, and then he'll punch you in the face. Just be sure that Nick gets it on camera and he can sue him. Uh, I mean, if I can pick it in one day, and I answer, and he's like gonna punch me in the face, and I'm gonna say, "Oh, we got cameras." But Richard, Richard Matheson, I'm gonna sue you. Richard Matheson, who wrote about wrote about a third of the Twilight Zone episodes, and uh, I mean, he was my favorite horror sci-fi writer, and uh, he wrote science fiction and horror, and even the fusions between, but. uh, I always loved the novel I Am Legend. It's and actually, uh, George Great Romero. Novel. If you want a faithful version of I Am Legend, George Romero a- admitted he said when he would talk, when he would modestly talk about Night of the Living Dead when he wasn't bragging about it, he said, well, you know, basically I just ripped off Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. I just took the yeah. outer space element. I just took the space alien. Like I mean, he, he he changed it a little bit. He said, you know, but it's it's I Am Legend. He said, you know, uh, and, uh, but I mean, uh, the Vincent Price version, which was low budget and actually shot in Italy, uh, The Last Man on Earth, is is pretty faithful, but the, the limitations are that they had very little money when they made it. But I like that movie a lot. That's probably the best and, and version, they, really. And then they did a version, and they did a version with uh, Charlton Heston, The Omega Man, and The Omega Man was a bit different basic premise, but they didn't pretend it was I Am Legend. The screen credits even say inspired by Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. So they're being honest. Okay, we're taking Matheson's story and we're doing something a little different with it. And uh but but when but Richard Matheson was getting old and near death and he really always wanted to see a definitive version of I Am Legend and he was approached he was approached uh, by the studios that were willing to do a definitive version, big budget version of your novel, if we could get your approval. And he gave his approval. He was thrilled. And they gave him the initial script. The initial script was it was for a big budget movie, but it was just like the novel. And and, and then and then what the horror the horror that happened to the story was they uh, Will Smith buys it, the rights to it, and decides to cast himself in the lead role. Wow. And, uh, and it actually affects me personally because my my first movie that I ever starred in in 2004 was a movie called uh, uh, Sea of Dust, and I and I you know, won a lot of awards. It was it's still the most expensive movie. I've done a hundred plus movies, but in 2004 and five, I I appeared in this movie Sea of Dust, which literally cost a half million dollars to make, the biggest budget, oh, and wow. really it's. And I'm with Tom Savini and Ingrid Pitt, but uh, the thing was the makeup artist was a top-flight makeup artist on Broadway and on TV and in movies. A guy named Josh Tory, and he had some damn good gore effects makeup. This is a gory movie that I'm in. My first movie made me. I, I didn't. I didn't have to audition much after my first movie because people saw me in the movie. Won a bunch of awards, but Josh Tory was hired to be the makeup artist for the definitive version of I Am Legend which they were shooting in New York. And uh, and this is another Will Smith story. He said it was the best work he had ever done. He told me this on the set of Sea of Dust in 2005. He said it was the best work he'd ever done. He said these were these were like like living dead zombie 
vampire monster creatures that were, were better than the stuff in Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead. And he said, I, I, I had my team make up 150 extras, and we were shooting this scene, and they were just dripping blood, and they were, they were like decayed. And he goes, they were really scary. He said, and they were shooting it in Central Park in New York, and even some passers-by were startled. And he said, uh, Will Smith, and he said he spent weeks putting this makeup together with his team. He said, Will Smith shows up on the set, and he and he looks and he goes, uh, wow, those are some real scary monsters you put together, Josh. Those are really frightening. And he's like, yeah, it's like my best work ever. And he goes, uh, yeah, it'll be too scary for young kids. I don't want to lose any money and drive them out. I want this to be a family picture, so we're dropping these things all together. In fact, fuck it, forget it. We're not going to use actors. I mean, we're using CGI zombies. Wow. Hey, Edward, I got a question for you. And so he said, said, my best work I ever did, he goes, I got paid. He goes, none of it's in the movie. They cut it all. He goes, they cut it all and went for Steve. He said, said, I want this to look more like a video game so that we can then market the video game. And I'm sorry, Josh, your work is just too scary. It would frighten little kids. Wow. And that, now, now, are any of you, Nick, I know, Nick, you've read I Am Legend, right? Oh, yeah, a long time ago. I've seen all the versions of it, and uh, I've seen the Will Smith one, too. You know, what's buzzing around the entertainment nowadays is the sequel. He, he, yeah. He's already shot a sequel. You <laughs> see, if you read the novel, there can't be a sequel. Because it's I Am Legend. I mean, that's what drives me crazy, what Will Smith did to it. He ultimately just destroyed the novel because it was an apocalyptic horror sci-fi novel written during the Cold War. And and, and the, the point was, I Am Legend, it's the last, it's the last, like, documents of the last man on Earth because he's about to be killed by these the people are turning into vampires and, and he's frantically trying to kill them. And what he doesn't realize by the end of the story is that he truly is the last man on earth. And that this is the new earth. It's like the new earth being, it's like today America being taken over by progressive liberal Democrats. It's like the, the entire world is now populated by vampires. He is the monster he is the horrible creature that is able to actually go out in the sunlight and he'll find you when you're sleeping in your safe coffin and drive a fucking stake in your heart. So he's the criminal. He's the monster. He's the I am legend. I am the legendary monster of the new earth. And, they, and they've captured him and they're going to like draw him and quarter him. One of the vampire chicks who feels sorry for him delivers him some cyanide tablets. And he said, look, you, look I kind of like you. I feel sorry for you. I don't want you to be drawn and quartered. So uh, so here, take these cyanide pills. And the novel is this document before committing suicide, acknowledging I'm the end of the human race. I'm the last human on earth. I'm the last man on earth. And it was supposed to be like metaphorical, like the, the Cold War, the, the nuclear annihilation that's coming. It was all metaphorical. And Will Smith takes the story, and he he's a legend because he cures the disease. What? what? Uh, so he about. doesn't just slap Chris Rock in the face and say, he, 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 he said, I, he said, I'm I don't like this. 
He totally changed the screenplay, and he even said, he commented, I don't like this screenplay. The ending's a downer. Well, if you're a fan of the fucking novel, you know, if he had made that movie and hadn't called it I Am Legend, Last Man on Earth, well, if he hadn't called it I Am Legend and just said this is Will Smith's uh, zombie monster, I mean, the thing is, it's that I Richard Matheson died brokenhearted because he saw the movie and he goes, this isn't even my story. It's the only, the only oh, thing wow. that's the same. The only thing that's the same with my story is it's the character's name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and also in, in the book, which I was well, big, I've read it several times. They have it take place in an inner city. Uh, the the point was that they were doing that Central Park scene because in the novel he makes it clear uh, uh, what's what's the character's name what's what's his name uh, the, the the lead character that Will Smith Robert plays. Robert um, Robert I, I know I know that the Vincent Price movie he was a Morgan but the character's name wasn't Morgan it was Robert something but anyhow he flees the city to stay uh-huh. alive. And goes to the suburbs because it's he, because he realizes in the city, I, if I'm trying to stay alive, I'll be dealing with 20 million fucking vampires every night. I can't win. The only the, the only way to survive is that they still that they, people are turning. It's a bio. It's like a bio weapon. Well, like mm-hmm. it comes out of like a Chinese lab, like COVID. It's a very appropriate. It's a bio weapon. Which turns people technically into vampires, and 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 the doctor in the novel, uh, the main character, theorizes maybe this virus used to frequently rise up over the years and gave birth to the vampire legends that we know. So uh, I mean, so his advantage is in the daytime they have the sunlight will kill them, so they've got to like go back into their lairs, their coffins. And, and he figures the only safe play to be is the suburbs, especially like the rural areas. He goes, if I can have a house with a lot of property and the neighbor's houses aren't too close, I could barricade the house. And if it's a small town, there can't be that many of them. And, and, I, and I can come out in the daytime and kill a sufficient number of them. And, and keep myself at bay, and just I can then score it. I can I can I can sell. I can ravage the the closed supermarkets for cans of food, the do a little hunting or a little gardening. But I can ward off these vampires if I live in. And, and he's adamant in the novel: stay away from the big cities. And and I think even Vincent Price's movie, he specifies that too. Got to stay out of the cities. He goes into the city during the day, and his car breaks down in the, the black and white Vincent Price movie, and he has to get the, because he goes in there for food supplies and medicine, and he realizes, how am I going to get the fuck out of here before the sun <laughs> goes down? And there'll be a million of them. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that was the that was the part. I mean, he, he would go he would go into the city, like, go into the city in the daytime to find supplies, and then, like, like he'd go into New York, and before sundown, get back to Jersey, you know? Uh, but, Mm-hmm. Will Smith has uh, somehow Will Smith has got some Batman worthy laboratory. Like how did he build it with like uh, electronic yeah. steel bulletproof doors? And he's made a he's made his uh, skyscraper into his personal fortress. He's in there. Well, but like and, 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 and also an alien in the face also. And so yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's a different he, story. I mean, you got to reflect. You got you got to respect artists though. And like I said, he just crushed. My makeup artist friend, he thought it was really going to make his career. I mean, he does work in Hollywood, but he thought, 
I'll win an Oscar for this. This is like the best work I've ever, ever done. And Will Smith just said, well, that's going to scare the little kids. And I want to market video games, and I don't want to scare people, even though it's a ho- – and then, of course, you know, then he also destroyed uh, Isaac a- – he destroyed Isaac Asimov's novel, I, Robot, that stupid piece of shit that he made. Yeah. It has nothing to do with – nothing outside the title to do with what I, Robot is about. I know. I another great, another great – it's like, you know, Will Smith and, – and, of course, what terrifies me is I heard – like I said, he's made a sequel now to I Am Legend – but I have heard he's having trouble getting it produced uh, because Good. there's still a lot of affections for it. But he bought the rights to remake my favorite movie of all time. Uh, if I don't know if I've ever mentioned one? it before. Uh, Sam Peck and Paws the Wild Bunch. Oh, boy. Oh, no. God, no. Well, so Will Smith oh, bought the rights. And he bought the rights about, I think he bought the rights about 15 years ago. And about a decade ago, they were ready to start shooting with Roberto Rodriguez directing. But naturally, you know it, Will Smith is casting himself in William Holden's role of Pike Bishop. Oh, no. And and I heard there was there was a bit back a decade ago, there was a bit too much reverence for Peck and Paw in this film. Like we, we it's like they were like this is like remaking Citizen Kane. You can't do this. And I heard that yeah. a lot of people associated with it were not enthusiastic. And then Smith got other ideas and other things he could do to make money, and he shelved it. But they said he still owns the rights, and he still is contemplating huh. remaking The Wild Munch and casting himself in William Holden's part. It's like certain movies you don't touch, you don't remake The Wild Munch, you don't remake Citizen Kane. Get the blank up. Casablanca, yeah, be yeah retarded. Exactly. You don't remake, you don't remake, you know, The Godfather, which they just honored tonight. You don't say, let's remake, unless you don't remake Pulp Fiction even, which they honored tonight too. Uh, I mean, but Will Smith wants to remake The Wild Bunch and be William Holden, and God knows what he'll do to that, how he'll utterly destroy that. Yeah. Hey, Edward, you said Ingrid Pitt, what was she like? Uh, Ingrid Pitt, I worked with her in her last movie, which was Sea of Dust, and her health kind of declined, and it was already declining. And uh, But we remained friends for the next five years, regularly emailed, occasionally talked on the phone when she went back to England. I last, I last communicated with her literally a week before she died. What a sweetheart. But what batshit crazy. I loved her. She, I mean, if, if you've seen Ed Wood, I know you've seen Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Imagine, uh, imagine, imagine Martin Landau's ver- uh, portrayal of Bella Lugosi in that movie, but yeah. uh, he's in, he's in drag. Ingrid Pitt was as was like was like Lugosi from Ed Wood, and 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 uh, she loved me because I'd seen all of her movies, and she loved the director. And, he got in Sea of Dust because of me, so she adored me. She had she had had a stroke, and we didn't know this. The director said he never would have cast her if he knew this. He had seen her at the Chiller Theater convention about maybe seven or eight years earlier, and she was still in excellent shape for an elderly woman and still quite attractive. Mm. And, and we booked her sight unseen. And when she arrived on the set, she was walking with difficulty with a cane, because she'd had a stroke and it left her blind in one eye, and she'd also had breast cancer and had lost her breast. She was like a pirate, but but she insisted on being treated like royalty, and she was a little bit daffy because of her stroke. And I heard she was always difficult to work with. 
she was always like a always a diva. Uh, but but I treated her like she was a goddess. And, and she said, "You're." She said, "You're." Oh, oh yes. When they were doing the movie, the director, the movie was a, a homage to Hammer films, and and, mm. and the director was very impressed when I auditioned for this and I got cast. That I knew all about Hammer films. I was as big a fan as he was, and he was really eager. Do you think I'm capturing this? Do you think I'm I'm making a true homage to Hammer films? And he had Tom Savini. Well, I got him too, but another story. But. But he, I said, if you really wanted this to be, I, I thought I was joking. I said, if you really wanted this to be an homage to Hammer films, you'd get a Hammer star to be in it. You wouldn't just yeah. make it in America. And he said, well, his wife was the producer. She had the money of the director. And she said, well, look, we, we can't fucking get Christopher, Sir Christopher fucking Lee. I said, I wouldn't expect mm-hmm. you to get Christopher Lee. That would cost a fortune. I said, I bet you could get Ingrid Pitt. And he said, well, Ingrid Pitt, well, if she lives in England and everything, I said, yeah, but she comes over to the States and does conventions. If she's doing conventions, you can get her over here. If she And then yeah. that's when he said, let's try it. He found her agent, sent her the script. She loved it. And she hadn't worked in five years because it was common knowledge in England that she was kind of handicapped and it was disabled. And, uh, and, and, and she, she said, I understand you're the young man. You know, it's my 40s. You're the young man mm. who recommended me for this role. And so she just adored me, uh, but mm. but she like hate she hated the AD. <laughs> I mean, if anybody else in the set didn't treat her like she was royalty, she had contempt for them. Uh, but 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 she loved me, and, and mm. she was, <laughs> and uh, and she actually told me that she thought I had beautiful hair and I should let my hair get really long. And it was long for a while, but I cut it short again. But because uh, I was just he, reading he, uh, so. I was just reading something about her. It was uh, with the Wicker Man, and it said that they yeah. had a scene that they shoot outside and it was cold, and they didn't give all the extras coats, but they gave the other two female stars coats. And she says, "Well, oh, forget it. I'm, you know, I'm not doing it with the extras. Haven't got a coat." And so that that went over to the extras and said that she was like with them and everything, and so she performed the she, scene without a coat. She was very she was very kind and considerate. To all the production assistants, the low people on the totem pole on the set, the ones who were the mm-hmm. grunts that did the drudge work, she had lunch with them. She was giving them like free autograph photos, posing for selfies. She wasn't doing it with, except for me. She wasn't doing it with the other cast members of the higher ups. She she had great respect for the like the, the blue collar working class of the film set. And uh, and and. Uh, but but her dedication too. There was a scene. She, she was hoping this movie would revive her career. It turned out to be her last movie. Uh, but there was a scene where she's supposed to be brutally bullwhipped, and, and she actually told. Uh, and the actor, they were trying to do it with you know compressing the image, telephoto lens. The guy, had, well, the, the actor was pretty good with the bullwhip, but making it look like it's striking her through the compression of the telephoto lens, and it wasn't exactly working right. And, and she, here was a woman in her 70s. She said, no, no, I really need this to look good. I want this to revitalize my career. Feel free to go ahead and whip me. I can take it. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to have this man beat you with a bullwhip. I can take it. Because, no, it's really going to hurt you. <laughs> You're so 
And he goes, we'll, fi- we'll find a way to fake this. We're not going to flash you with a bullet. And, and, and they had a big argument. I, I, I want to look good. I don't want this to look fake. You can whip me. It's all right. I don't care if I have welts. <laughs> she was that fucking crazy. It was really a lot of fun. But, uh, but when she killed me, she stabs me in the head with a crucifix and then strangles me. And, and, and that was the last day of our shoot. And it was also my birthday. It was my 45th birthday when they shot this. And, and, and she she leaned over, and even though she was married, and her husband was on the set, but she leaned over really close, and she licked inside my ear and told me how much she loved me and how grateful she was for this role. And she, she would You always, lucky mother. Always, she said she would always love me for, for getting her this part. This is a really good movie. <laughs> and and I, wow. I haven't gotten, I haven't wow, gotten a copy of it yet. Uh, but she wrote an autobiography called, I think it's called like Life's a Scream, or. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, 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 she wrote an autobiography before she died. I think she might have already written Life's a Scream. That they wrote a book about her, like a biography in Ingrid Pitt, and, and it's only available across the pond. And uh, I, I got to get a copy. I remember I heard I could I, at the time I could have ordered a copy. It would have cost me close to two hundred bucks to get the book. Get shipped here. It wasn't published in the U.S., uh, but I heard that uh, I got a couple of pages in there. There's a photo of me, or two of me, and she for like uh, she talks a lot about the, the wonderful man Edward X. Young, who she worked with on this film Sea of Dust, you know. And uh, so I I appreciate that. But she was great. But total totally fucking crazy, totally nuts, and. Uh, and, and you know, one of the I royal royal treaters. Uh, Mr. Hush came out, and Edward, I'm gonna I'm gonna make your head explode, okay? Yeah, your head's about to explode. Are you ready? Uh, there was a guy who was doing a random um, and I got I gotta send you that video. This guy was doing this random, like, uh, review on Mr. Hush, and all he talked about was the charismatic villain. He didn't know your name, so it was not a friend that was, you know, you didn't set up a friend to... Post this video, but there is a uh, on YouTube. There is a guy that is bashing about how great you were in Mr. Hush. You gotta find that for me. And I must admit, I, I've always told my friends I, I I would never want them to do that for me. I said I appreciate. I always tell them. You honestly tell me what you think of my roles. Don't just stroke me. It doesn't make me any better. But uh, I'd love to see that. I, I, I do know people, by the way. I've been doing this business long enough now, even in the low budget, you know, the, the, the grindhouse end. I know people who sock puppet it. I know people who, like, you know, have fake Facebook accounts, and they have different names with, with fake photos, and and they, they, they review themselves and praise themselves and, I would never stoop that low. I actually enjoy reading reading, reading reviews. He did did not know your name, but he did watch Mr. Hush. And he liked Mr. Hush very much. I wish Dave Dave would do a full-blown sequel. We did a short sequel. Uh, 
the Mr. Hush Legacy, which was kind of, did you see that one? No, oh, yeah, I have not I seen that one yet. We did it. We we did it about maybe uh, four or five years ago, and yeah. uh, w- it was the origins of Mister Hush uh, that he became a vampire during the American Civil War, and and, and I was actually a uh, my sympathies were with the North, but I but I joined the uh, Confederate Army so I could suck the blood of Confederates. <laughs> and uh, it was a short film, about a half an hour long, and maybe it was about twenty minutes more like that. But it, it, it took place at the Battle of Gettysburg, and it was just too bad it wasn't a feature. And Dave Madison acted in it. But I was urging him at the time. This is about four or five years ago now. I was like, why don't we do like a full-blown sequel? You'll have to chide him on that one. Yeah, I I, I love Dave. Dave is a uh... I I I love Dave. Dave is a great guy. Yeah, I'm trying. But to, I, I can't find that video. I'm I'm well, looking it, at it, it right now. Up. If it shows up, yeah, I'm here. When, yeah. So yeah, this guy was like, "Oh my gosh, this he calls you very charismatic." I love that. And That's great. You, you were the best part of the uh of the whole movie he he absolutely yep. loved you he was driving in his car and you know we're we're but it's gotten a lot of great reviews in fact uh one of the it, it ended up in red box and one of the guys i worked with in the shop he rented oh my gosh i cannot tell you how much he was in love with jessica simpson and really? then when he found out that I was going to spend the weekend with Jessica Simpson, he was like, can you please get me an autograph of her? And fortunately, Jessica Simpson did not charge me for the autograph. And I was like, well, I think he's going to like you in the shower mode. And she was like, the what, the what, the what? I was like, no, he's not a pervert. He just thinks you're very beautiful. So, yeah, so Jessica Simpson sent uh, my coworker a free autograph. And yeah, we're, we're, we're all, I, I also, you know, I got a, one of these days, before I die, I'll get out to California and visit you there. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. Why, why, and why I was so jealous days, of Nick when he was in Pittsburgh, and I'm like, Gettysburg, you're talking to Edward face to face, man. Get, Gettysburg. He was my friend longer. <laughs> Not the point, but uh, different town, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the by the way, one of one of John Link's final performances oh. will will soon be released, and it was it was the la- it was the last movie we made before he had his stroke in 2018. Oh. Literally, literally, it's called Attack of the Killer Chickens, the movie, oh. and uh, we we we've been shooting it for a long time, and uh, and one of the lead actors. Uh, uh, Dennis Carter got very sick. He needed back surgery from degeneration in his spine, and and uh, Genevieve Rossi, who is the star and producer of it, 
I mean, they didn't want to replace him because Dennis is a great guy. We worked on our Bigfoot movie together. And so we put the movie, he was put on hold for a while until he recovered sufficiently to finish his role. You know, they, won't, they wouldn't do that in Hollywood, but in the indie world, they'll do that. That's what I like about indie movies. Exactly. Too. Hollywood, it's, Hollywood it's sucks now. But, it looks like, but finally, this movie, Attack of the Killer Chickens, is coming out really soon. And it's got a great performance from John Link. Uh, and uh, like I said, it's the last thing he did before he had his stroke. He he actually did uh, two more. He did he did two more films after he had the stroke, uh, and uh, yet to be released. Also, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll let you know when this comes out on DVD, and it should hit the festival circuit pretty soon. And oh, I I do have a five year five year uh, edited. Do you want to hear John Link? Oh, great! He was I, my best I got, friend. I, 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 right. I hope I hope you got I hope you got a lot of hope you have a lot of recordings of John I've Link. I got so. a lot of John Link, and I got to uh, edit a lot of extra stuff because I found a uh, I found a I found a little flash drive, and there's more John Link. But I wonder if you have any stuff uh, of. If you've ever seen any stuff of Susie Palermo on the show, I know we did a big I, I show at one that. time. I gotta find that. Uh, I guess. Uh, I, know, Block I know we had a big. Radio. I know we had a big show that. I know we had a big show once that she was on a lot, and then uh, Little Johnny like complained and, and got it deleted. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, because that we because really... we mentioned because he was threatening us. We mentioned his name, and she was in the phone conversation, and that's gone now. Fortune, let's hope he dies in prison. I think he's. I think yeah, he got like a twenty-year sentence. Yeah, and, and well, it was so cool. John Link called me when he found out that little Johnny was in prison. If anybody doesn't know who has not, you know, new listeners on this show, you see, you see, you see little Johnny first, made a big. Uh, oh, my yeah. first host was uh, little John. <laughs> Little Johnny. And I realized that he was totally racist, and I said, and I told Little John in a very polite way, I don't want you to be a part of my show because I'm noticing a bunch of patterns. And in fact, and he is in little. He is in little. He's about oh. six foot. No, he, he's, he's apparently six, like four hundred pounds. He's about six foot four and weighs well over like three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I I mentioned to him that uh, we're going to have Chef Maddie on the show, which was Hell's Kitchen season four, and he's like, oh yeah, that Jewish guy. And, you know, when I'm talking to him on the phone, he's, like, using the N-word. He doesn't like Jews. He's not going to be there for Chef Maddie to be on the show. And I'm like, oh, you are really racist. I, 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 discover, I discover that in a very horrifying way because I'd met him through your radio show and he lived in Jersey and I'd see him at the conventions 
and he saw my movies and liked them, and he you know he, he knew John Link. Uh, but uh, I he uh, we were doing a movie where we're about ghosts. I was doing a movie for John Arricchio, a, a a horror comedy called. Uh, it was a satire on the Ghost Hunter series. It was called Ghost Blunders, but we, it dealt with this uh, mansion haunted by all these historical ghosts, so like soldiers throughout history, like Revolutionary War soldiers and Civil War soldiers and World War Two. So they're ghosts. All the, all these dead like warriors haunted this house. And and Litwin had mentioned that he had plenty of like uniforms from all different eras in history, of like he said, yeah, I could give you a, a Revolutionary War uniform, I could give you a Civil War, I could give you World War One, World War Two, I'd give you even like a German from World War One with a spiked helmet. And so uh, the director said, oh, we'll hire this guy, we'll give him a part in the movie. And we'll hire him to uh, to do the make to do the costumes, and and he made an order. He said, oh, "I could use this costume, that, the other." So we were delivering them, but uh, I left my car at Litwin's house. Oh, I shouldn't say his name at Little Johnny's house, and uh, and he decided to drive me out to the set. John Litwin, he's a jackass. Well, well, he decided to drive out to Pennsylvania in his vehicle, and, and I was admiring the fact that he had these great costumes, but now. I'm the passenger. It's his van. We're driving out to Pennsylvania, and he tells me, you know, I got these costumes for the movie. But because uh, you see, now he trusted me. He thought I was his friend, and he said, uh, "But I want to show you what my real passion is." And when we get back to my house, I can show you my basement. And he was like getting really creepy. I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Look under the front seat of your. Uh, look under the seat of your of your uh, where you're sitting here in the van. Look under your seat. There's a." There's a notebook in there. I pulled out like a binder notebook, and I opened it up, and it was all this fucking Nazi shit. I'm like, what's yeah, this? And he goes, that's what I really, that's what I really collect. And he goes, and this stuff is authentic. I pay a lot for it. And I'm like, oh, you do, huh? <laughs> and he goes, see that mannequin? He goes, he goes, that's a real SS captain's uniform. And I'm like. Oh, okay. It didn't take me long to figure out where oh, he was a, at. The only cool thing that came out of this, this and yeah. and I hate and I hate that you know that's how uh, he did not want to call in for the John Link show. He said, "Book this guy for your show." And I was like, okay, and it was John Link, and John Link said yes. What he wanted me to do, and remember Trek After Dark, John Bailey and all them? Yeah. Yeah, uh, what uh, John Bailey He wanted you to make a mockery of Link. He wanted you to make fun of him. They they wanted to make a mockery out of Link, exactly. And I got to talk to John. John Link. John Link trusted so people. He's John so Link always thought the best of people. Well, he was naive. He was like like Candide. He thought everybody was good, and he yeah. thought this little, you know little Johnny was trying to help him. John John Litwin. I'm going to go ahead and say his name. Bad guy. Bad guy. Bad guy. That's yeah. why I said get off my show. I'm going to have Chef Maddie on the show, and Chef Maddie loved John Link. But John Link is like, why the fuck aren't you making fun of him? I was like, 
dude, I know John Link. There's no way in hell I'm going to make him look like an idiot. He used to Not refer to John Link. I, I John, you see, John Link introduced me to little Johnny, and he thought he was a yeah, friend. Yeah, because he little Johnny to refer, he, he referred to John Link as the retard. That's how you, that's, that's what that's how you refer to him. He said, why are you friends with this guy? Why are you trying to help him? He's just a stupid retard. We should just, like, make him into a laughing stock. That was his attitude. But, uh, and like I said, he, bra- he, and he yeah, bragged he, about the fact that, that he, he bragged about the fact he'd been arrested many times, but he always got off because his father was like a, a police oh, detective. Oh, yeah, locally. like a chief of locally. police or something, so, yeah. Yeah, like a, usually a captain or something. But whenever he'd get arrested, he would just point out that, you know, my father is like a police captain in this town, and they'd give him a break in Jersey. But he fucked up when he was involved with interstate narcotics trade with a biker gang, and it was a federal sting. The FBI came down and arrested like uh, 30 of them, and, and I think I think he got like a 20-year sentence, which means he'll never get out of there alive because he was in terrible. It was so he, funny. He couldn't, he couldn't, it was so funny when that rat. happened. It yeah. was so funny when that appeared in the papers. John Link actually yeah. called and he said, ah, 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 laugh, laugh, just who's in jail? I didn't think John Link read newspapers, but he did because he called me. He, he said, did. He, he, he called you, me. He's like, just like, who's in jail? Ah, he's ah, like, ah. He's like, quick, quick. Quick, you gotta get your hand to the copy of the Star Ledger. Get a happy, get getting a copy of the Star Ledger right now. The front page story, the front page story. Yes, and I'm like, what? Just, just, just get out of your house and get to a Seven Eleven to get the Star Ledger. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, holy shit, John! So happy when Lidwin, he, I was at work and he's like, guess what? Lidwin's I mean, in prison. He's yeah, interstate, not getting out. He couldn't, he couldn't beat those interstate, well, interstate dealing. Well, this guy threatened to kill me, uh, so I'm glad he's there, and I hope he dies there because he threatened to leave and he would hunt me down and kill me, and he was going to kill Link and he was going to kill Susie. He threatened Susie. to kill me too. And but, you uh, know, I'm just like. Uh, and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at him. Yeah, he's closer to you. But I'm sitting here looking at him. Okay, um, you're in New Jersey. I'm in California. You have a beat-up Bronco that you're going to drive 3,000 miles to kill me? Ah, fuck you. I remember after I looked at that note. I remember after I looked at that notebook when it was in his, and I'm, I realized, oh my God, I'm I'm trapped in this guy's truck, and we're in the middle of Pennsylvania, and he's yeah. a Nazi. And I remember like yeah. we, we were out there. He 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 looked at me. You know, he's driving. What he says to me, he goes, you know, this world is a fucked up place. I remember this. He said, he said, but you know, God sent God sent us one man, one man with a vision. A vision to change the world. He knew how to make this world a better place. He came here to save the world. But the world didn't want to be saved. And you know who that man was? 
And I'm like, uh, Jesus? And he goes, no, Adolf Hitler. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm just like muttering myself, God, help me. Help me get, help me get yeah, out of this. Yeah, yeah, after three shows, and then I had <laughs> Chef Maddie, which he's a huge fan of Gordon Ramsay and Hell's Kitchen. I was like, dude, we got Chef Ramsay. He's like, yeah, I, we got Chef Maddie. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to be a part of that show. And I'm like, and I remember I, I when I got you to the set, I'm friends. Kitchen, and then it kind of dawned on me. I was like, "Oh, right, I remember when I got to the set. I, I got to the set uh, when I found when I found an opportunity for a break. I got the director aside and I said, I, "I just want you to know that I didn't intend to do this, but I brought a totally dangerous lunatic to your set, and just don't get him angry." <laughs> I said, "Just." Use his costumes, give him a nice little part in the movie. He'll probably compliment him on a great actor he is. <laughs> I said, and then, and I said, and, and try to, I said, try, I said, try to finish this fast because it was a one or two day shoot. And I said, uh, let's please make it a one day shoot. I don't want to stay over in a hotel room with this guy for the love of God. Let's let's be efficient and finish this shoot today. Stabbed you with a nice pig. Hey, yeah, God. like I got, I got back to, and that's when he, that's when he turned on me and wanted the. That, in fact, it wasn't so much the link thing. That's when he turned on me and threatened my life because he realized that uh, he wanted to take me into his basement to show me his Nazi collection. And I was like, man, look, uh, thank you for the ride to Pennsylvania and back. I gotta go. <laughs> and and yeah. he, clear, he clearly understood. Yeah. Uh, I just revealed Ed, myself how, to a guy. How am I doing on my new co-host? <laughs> What's that? How am I doing on the new co-host, uh, William and Tom? And mind you that William's still on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to step on anybody. No, there, no, 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 What do you think? How are my new co-hosts? Fine. Your show's great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, you're, you're not. You're, William, you know, you're I, not, I, I don't know if you went through the history with, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, John Lidwin. John Lidwin was a pain in the ass, and he wanted me to mock. Uh, John Link on the show. He wanted me to make fun of him, but I got to know John Link before he got on the show, and that's what I want to do. I want to talk to the guests that I'm booking, and you know, and he's like, why aren't you making fun of him? And I'm like, because I'm not going to do that because, and John Lidwin didn't want to talk to him on the show. He wanted in the chat room and he wanted me to make fun of him and I said no I'm not going to make fun of I love this guy John Lake was a weird little homunculus but, but he, he, was, he, he was a total I mean like I said he was a total innocent uh, in a yeah, savage he world childlike innocence and, and yeah, yeah he really he, 
he really believed that everybody was basically he trusted people. He, he John, you know, like John was was weird, you know, and had had a lot of dumb opinions. He used to make me really mad, but he never lied, you know. And, and when and exactly. so he believed people, people and, and that and that's how he ended up. That's how he ended up. Sadly, how he ended up homeless because uh, he got completely conned out of out of his life savings and and, and lost his yeah. home because he trusted this he trusted this guy named Victor and he gave the guy Victor access to his accounts. This guy Victor was going to be his business manager, and and, and John trusted him. He said, well, "I can manage your accounts and do your taxes and save you money. I need those bank account numbers." And the guy emptied the bank account. Uh, oh look, wow. John, what I never realized is his brother told me, and his brother's a bit of a jerk off anyhow, but his brother told me that, you know, they had they had about $300,000 in the bank. And he said, John oh, wow. trusted this. He said, John screwed up and trusted this Victor guy, and the guy stole oh. it all. And then, we, and then we lost our house because we couldn't pay the property taxes. And but, I mean, they, John was set. He had a, a home that was paid for, and they had a lot of money in the bank, and he, and he ended up his last year's homeless living in a truck, which is why he probably had the stroke. They were they were literally scavenging, finding food in garbage cans because they were so broke, and they'd mm-hmm. lost their house. And, and, of course, this guy, Victor, never got arrested. He took the money and flew the coop. And uh-huh. uh, somebody else that karma has to catch up with. But uh, like I said, John trusted him. Yeah, but I mean, we we, we always hope that karma catches up to the guy soon. Because I mean, uh, I I still remember when uh, when John was even running his own blog talk show. Uh, you know, I I called in a couple times just to uh, cheer him on and stuff. And uh, you know, his, you know, not 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 only did his innocence always uh, you know pretty much. Uh, you know, kind of reveal the type of person that he was, but uh, you know, it, 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 in a lot of ways, I thought that um, you know, it it really helped on what made that show more uh, more more different compared to a lot of the others, and uh, you know, especially when he started talking about some of his stuff unfiltered and honestly and such too. So he he, well, he was, was very he was, honest. He was a yeah. walking encyclopedia on the subjects that interested him. Exactly. He, he, yeah. he knew he knew a lot about the occult, and he knew, and he was like he he was like a he could he was like a Dennis Gifford or a Forrest Ackerman. I mean, he he could he knew the history of horror films, especially like the classic the classic age. He actually wasn't too up on the new stuff because he didn't have the money to go to theaters. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't see a lot of the, he didn't see a lot of the newer horror films of the 21st century. I mean, he knew who Sid Haig was, and, and then Sid Haig knew him, too, from the conventions, was very friendly with him. But he knew Sid Haig from, like, Spider-Baby, <laughs> like, from yeah. the old days. I don't think John ever saw House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects, because they they were 21st century movies, and he was short on cash and wasn't going to theaters, but he, he, he knew Sid hey. Haig from the old days. One one thing I always uh, I, I tell William and Tom, you know, he has to go to work in the morning. I got tomorrow off, and uh, one thing I that gotta go to, I got to go uh, to work in the morning soon too, and it's quarter to one out here. 
in, in okay, New well, Jersey. Wait, wait, wait. There's one thing I want to say is I, I did tell William, you know, one thing that uh, John Link, Edward X. Young, and I always had in common, no matter when we hung up, our last words was, I love you. And John Link said, I will always say I love you because that means the world to me. Did you know he he said that? No, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. He that, did that, that, say, really I only say, uh, John that's Link so awesome. says, I will only say I love you because I mean it. Francie, I will always say I love you. You know, and and Ed, I I do want to say this much. I I, I wanted to wake you know, uh, you know, obviously with the wounds and everything else all being fresh with with John's passing. But you know, I'm I'm honestly glad that the two of you were able to spend you know the time available together like you did. And well, Fr- Francie you know, should know. Francie should know too. Just before he. Just before he got sick, really sick, and ended up in the hospital, uh, our last conversation, literally, day, I mean, I think it was like two days before his brother called me and told me John had had an attack and he was in the hospital in a semi-coma state. His last conversation was he was really, really very eager to restart the John Link show with you. He was like, if you talk and to Francie, I, 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 I want I want to get the radio show going again. So wow. the last thing, yeah. last thing that he really wanted. He, he said it was more important than even acting in movies. He really wanted to get his weekly regular show up yeah. again. Uh, we did get that going again, and there was times, and there was that one moment where he didn't call in. And we were, you were there. Uh, well, that was terrible because I told you what happened. We we had the show set yeah, up and we, and I, I talked, I talked. Because he fell. Yeah, he fell. Yeah, and, I, talked, I, I talked to John the day before and he was all ready. He had a lot of stuff he wanted to talk about, but, but he had had a stroke and he was yeah, pretty paralyzed on the right side of his body. Strong. Well, well, yeah. he tried. He tried. He, he tried to. He was trying to make it into the bathroom and back. His brother was neglecting him, and and it abandoned yeah. him for like several several days in the apartment. And and he was trying he, to. He, he yeah, fell out of the wheelchair and ended up on his back like a turtle. Yeah. He told me. He, he told me that he was laying on the floor for about maybe eighteen to twenty hours before his brother came home. Uh, I, said, I, I said, you must have been starved and dehydrated. And he was like, well, yeah, I was pretty hungry and thirsty. And, that, uh, and that's, what, yeah. but that's what I was urging him. He, he had gone to the doctor because he, he was getting phlebitis. And, and, and I'm, I'm angry at the doctors because it was about a month before he got sick and then died. But the doctor said, he called me, he said, the doctor wants me to go into a nursing home. And I said, do it. For God's sake, do it, John. And he goes, but 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 then but then I I won't have my freedom. I'm like, look, your your brother isn't taking care of you, and you're not being able to take care of yourself. Your your right arm and leg are like paralyzed. 
I said, you're lucky it didn't affect your speech. I said, because he said, what will I, because he even said, what will I do if I'm in a nursing home? How will I act? I said, look, and that's what I said. You can still do the radio show. Your voice isn't affected. You're lucky your voice yeah. isn't affected, but you got paralysis on your right arm and right leg. I said, maybe they'll get, you know, use them again. If you're being, if you're, actually, you're doing exercises in the nursing home. I said, you're, you're not surviving with your brother. And, uh, that's what's kind of sad because if if he had gone to the nursing home, they he probably would still be alive today and doing his radio yeah. show. But uh, yeah, his, his, was, his brother I was didn't want to be doing up the radio show. I I yeah. was setting up his radio show and I got that oh. stupid song. Ah, nah, nah, and you're like, where the hell did you find that song? And I was like, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's sad. Like I said, we we were waiting for him that night, and and he was unable to answer the phone because he fell on his back. Yeah. And, and when I, he fell, I, he, when he fell, he said he he had the cell phone in his pocket, but when he hit the floor, it fell out, and it was about ten feet away. He could see it, but he couldn't make it over to the phone. So I mean, it was oh, terrible. Wow. It could have been a great show. But didn't he make it on? Like, didn't he crawl and make it on in like the last two minutes? He did. He did. Yeah. He did call in for one of those shows, and I unfortunately, he, I think he crawled there were and he dragged himself to the phone. That a blog talk radio changed the forecast, so we can't listen to those shows anymore. But wow. uh, okay, are you ready, Ed? Yeah. Do you I want to be, hear? I, uh, why not? Because I really got to get to bed soon. It's almost one o'clock. All right. How about three minutes of John Link? Great. Yeah, I once got to kiss Linnea Quigley on screen. I got a question. We got an answer. Well, is, it, is Red Snapper a fish or a turtle? It's a vegetable. Is it? I didn't know that. I thought it, I, first I thought it was a turtle, then a fish. Finally, it's a vegetable. Yes, yes, it's a very nice vegetable. you got to eat it fresh. Oh, yes. To the bottom of the ocean, though, you got to go diving, and you got to oh. grab it with your hands, and then you come Oh, up. well. <laughs> you got to be careful, because these are the kind of vegetables the sharks like to eat. So Ooh. if you got that kind of vegetable in your hand, a shark might come and get you. Well. <laughs> and yet, another great sound clip for the John Link fan. This is a very important question for John, because the last time that we were on the air with John, the last thing that we heard John say was that he was going to stab his brother. Okay. We we don't like to play that clip because that was an unhappy John Link. Yeah, but he should have. I t I told him many okay. times, I said, you know, I said, you know, I'm a Christian John, but really you should kill your brother and and then you'll end up in prison and, and, and nobody will like but try to like rape you. <laughs> you know, I said, you'll probably be like become like a hero in the prison. Some little guy who knows a lot of stuff and you acted in horror movies. You might be a very popular prisoner. And you'll have a warm place to sleep and three meals a day and free medical care. <laughs> I, said, 
I told them that once. Ah. They said, you know, when they, when they first moved, well, they, they also went homeless because of Fred, because uh, Fred got their home condemned you know, because I he wouldn't stop Fred. saving Fred. I, 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 did, I did interview Fred. Uh, yeah. Don't get me started on Fred. Yeah, do uh, you do you still want to have my my brother on on the show? Yes, yes, we need to. Yeah, he's right here. He has to flee. My brother, my brother dug a big hole for himself financially. Okay, uh, here he Todd. You you get on the Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.